Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast that normally features the one and only athletics director, Long Andy Fee. It is still the LB Fee show. I don't think so. No, I think officially this week it's just the LB show featuring Mike and JJ. Yeah, it is always hosted by the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and across the table, Mike Gardabasio. And yes, usually uh, this is technically Andy Fee show. But at this point, I feel it's, I don't want to say it's a hostile takeover, but it's definitely a takeover. Uh, I'm just going to call it the LB562.org show. If the other army doesn't show up to the battlefield, what does that mean? Is it a win or just a draw? Yeah, you take the field, you win. It's got to be notated in some kind of special way. Anyway, Andy is off taking care of business uh, once again that you'll hear about next week, hopefully, uh, when he's back on the show. So it is going to be the 562.org, JJ and myself. Uh, we'll have Long Beach State tennis coach Jenny Hilt Costello on a little bit later. Uh, but first, Jage, how was your? I, we we always start by talking about the weekend. We saw each other yeah. the entire weekend. Yeah, we went to Grand Prix. Easy to answer that one. <laughs> we were at the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach all weekend long, starting on Thursday, ending on Sunday with the IndyCar race. Alexander Rossi, the Rossi Parade, leading that group of hot cars around the downtown street course, which is always such a good time. And it's always a moment where I poo-poo everyone poo-pooing the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. Like, if, if I had Long a number Beach... of friends who lived downtown who left, who like went to they That's went to, they went to Coachella for the weekend. That's fine. That's <laughs> like, fine. I gotta get out of here. But the people who are like, oh, there's no parking. It's like if you want to be a big city, <laughs> sometimes there's a three-day stretch <laughs> where you can't park next to your house. It's just the way it goes. Sometimes it's hard to find parking for sure. Uh, yeah, I, we had a great time at the Grand Prix. I want, we're on the Long Beach States podcast, and I just want to say I think it's really bad. It's a bad look for the Grand Prix. They've had no Long Beach State race car drivers absolutely and we need to do something to remedy it uh we need some high school representation but get paul guidos maybe in a race car Ooh, i like that maybe bring misty out of retirement misty would love to do it i'm put sure put her in an indy car would ed ratliff fit in no. a car no probably not ed ratliff would not be close yeah to you got to go secondary car. sports there. actually andy fee might be the only long beach <gasps> state employee i could think of who is could that fit where he was was he racing he <laughs> <laughs> can't get here because he's tired from That's racing gone. all weekend yeah he hopped on pch in one of the in one of the two-seaters <laughs> and took off it was a busy weekend for us it is a busy week coming up for long beach state as always and these conference seasons are kind of winding down. Some of the postseasons are going to be getting going. I wanted to make sure we mentioned golf at the top, though, here on the This Week at the Beach segment because they kind of get left out. They're early in the week, and the whole schedule, the whole calendar is kind of built on what's going on on the weekend. But men's golf, junior Joe Fryer shot a 68 in the final round of the Wyoming Cowboy Classic last week to finish in a tie for third. Long Beach was fourth out of 15 teams, and they are actually competing in the UCSB Intercollegiate today and tomorrow. Meanwhile, women's golf is having a great week at the Big West Championship. They are in first after two days down there at Strawberry Farms, not Strawberry Fields. They beat UC Irvine there last week, so they kind of know the lay of the land, and they're showing it right now. They're in first place by a good margin by the time you listen to this show on uh, on Tuesday. We'll see. They're either going to be holding the trophy or they're going to be pretty annoyed about losing the lead, but uh, they're off to a very nice start. The big event happening this week in the Pyramid this week, obviously, from Thursday through Saturday, the inaugural Big West Men's Volleyball Championship. This is the first year that the conference has offered the sport. They're also the only real NCAA conference to offer the sport. Uh, no one else has stepped up and done that yet, so very cool. They've been rewarded by making that decision with the fact that they've got basically four of the top six teams in the country uh, who will be on display. Long Beach State has a bye through Thursday. They don't play till Friday in the semifinals because they were the regular season champion and the one seed. They will be playing uh, the lowest remaining seed 
the other semifinal, if the favorites all win, we would have Irvine, Hawaii at 5 p.m. on, on Friday in the Pyramid, which is an NCAA Final Four caliber match. No I doubt. think those are the second and third best teams in the country. And then we'd have Long Beach State and Northridge Friday at 7.30 if Northridge takes care of business as I would expect them to. So then, okay. that, then the championship Saturday in the Pyramid, 7 p.m., uh, certainly expecting to see Long Beach State there. They did catch their first L of the season in the last match of the regular season on the islands in Hawaii. Uh, the Rainbow Warriors clearly playing for their playoff lives. Long Beach State clearly not so much, uh, as Alan Knight pointed out when I talked to him afterwards. Um, but he feels like the loss can end up being instructive because there were 5,000 pretty rabid Hawaii fans there for that match. Uh, and they're not likely to really play in front of a crowd that's that hostile again throughout the rest of the season. So, Well, I'm predicting a rematch in the championship. I think so. Irvine's really And this really just makes good, the though. story better, Mike. For sure. It just makes the story better. you got to get a little revenge in the rematch. And the Walter Pyramid is going to be absolutely rocking this I weekend. I hope so. No I'm, matter who's playing. I'm really hoping it's going to be a big crowd. Uh, there have been some great volleyball crowds in the Pyramid this year, and it's been really exciting to go yeah. and cover the matches there. Uh, the first ever Big West Men's Volleyball Conference Awards came out this week. TJ DeFalco, no surprise, player of the year. Alan Knipe, uh, no surprise, coach of the year. Bit of a surprise, the OH2 from Irvine, freshman of the year, despite the fact that Simone Anderson from Long Beach State won Big West Freshman of the Week. Seven of thirteen weeks that the award. They don't offered. call that the participation. It's trophy? a participation trophy, little. Right, it's okay. Right, it's okay. Right, right, right. I have no problem with it. Whatsoever. Share the love. Should've Share the been, love. Should have been a sweep. Look, if you want to be in the Walter Pyramid this weekend, and you should, call the box office right now at the Pyramid five six two nine eight five four nine four nine. They will hook you up with the best seats. I, I think the best seats are probably in the sandbar. So that's where you'll find me this weekend. Oh no, no more, no more sandbar. You'll you'll be sitting in press row with me. Oh, really? Filming. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The sandbar has migrated out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, so with other action going on this week, Thursday, beach volleyball is going to be taking on number one UCLA. Now, they lost to the Bruins pretty handily earlier, but they're coming off a great week, Mike, a great week that was full of action. Undefeated week last week. It was really cool going out on Saturday at about 8 a.m. to see Long Beach State hosting LBCC uh, in that sort of exhibition match that we mentioned on last week's show. A little bit of a treat for Long Beach State fans. Misty May Trainer, who's the coach of the LBCC beach team, partnered up with Tyler Jackson, who's actually the career wins leader at Long Beach State. And the two of them played in an exhibition match against Long Beach State. A bit of a thrill, I think, for fans as well as for the players that got to play against them. It's You know something special is happening when the college athletes ask to take a picture with the people that they were just uh, scrimmaging against. So that, that was pretty cool. That definitely drew its own little crowd there. Two Misty May references in the first 10 minutes of this show. Is it, is it a drinking <laughs> game or something? Or am I yeah. supposed to? To sip something. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Long Beach State women's water polo wrapping up their regular season, number 14, taking on number seven UCI on Friday, or excuse me, on Thursday. But then they'll be back in Irvine next week for those Big West championships. Uh, man, that team had a rough Big West championship last last year, losing to those Ant Eaters, a sudden victory victory for UCI. <laughs> so they've got revenge on the mind as well uh, on Friday. Women's tennis going to be in action. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Dirtbacks at Cal Poly coming off a very, very important series win at Cal State Northridge. That was their first series win, so they're trying to roll that momentum up with their second straight road match. Boy, it is the year of two-way players, man. Jacob Huey, local boy, Millican High alum, pitching on Tuesday night against a, uh, against a t ranked UCLA team and coming through with the big hits. And then Clayton Andrews does the exact same thing this weekend. 
on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday, starting, and then on Sunday, delivering the game-winning plays. It's pretty cool. Angels fans uh, that also like the dirtbags are, it's nice. It's one less named after a member. It's good. It frees up a little bit of brain space, you know? I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's the future, Mike. It's the future. <laughs> uh, we had Andy Scythe, head coach of the uh, track and field program here at Long Beach State, on this show two weeks ago. And we would be remiss not to mention that they're hosting three days of action this weekend. The Pacific Coast uh, Intercollegiate at Jock Rose Track is going to be on Thursday. And then it is two straight days of the beach invite, which is basically the best runners you could possibly find all in one place. It's definitely a really good event. Excited to uh, to see who's going to be out there at the track. And uh, as we mentioned with Andy, so nice that they've got the facility to match that. They don't have to host their invitational at another college anymore. Saturday, softball in action at UC Santa Barbara. They're trying to come back from that disappointing doubleheader loss at Cal State Fullerton. But that season's just getting started. It's very strange that in the spring it happens like this where some clubs are just finishing their or some are just starting. It kind of is, is, is separate. But softball... It's almost better to play that series against Fullerton earlier in the year so that the averages can work out. Because honestly, on paper right now, I'd say Long Beach State is the best in the conference, but Fullerton got those two wins, so you know what I mean? Right, so we'll see how the rest of it plays out. If Fullerton loses a series or two that they're not supposed to and Long Beach State wins out, they still end up in good shape. Uh, Definitely have to keep an eye on that over the next month. I'm actually going to be doing a feature on uh, softball pitcher Cielo Meza that you can check out at the562.org this week. And that's where you're going to find all of your Long Beach coverage, Mike. Everything, including the stuff from the tr- from the Grand Prix this weekend. Absolutely. The 562.org is the new nonprofit sports coverage uh, website that we've started. It's not just sports. We are expanding into some other things as well. But please go and support local journalism. We obviously need it. So go to the 562.org and click to sign up. With that being said, it is time to bring on our special guest. Women's tennis coach Jenny Hill Costello here for 20 years. Oh, God. Unbelievable. <laughs> you Co- guys are making me feel old. Co- are the coaches oh, favorite? Is, coaches- that, is that really a proper welcome? <laughs> coaches, coaches' favorite things are when we mention how long they've been at Long Beach State. That just makes every answer you give mean that much more. Uh-huh. It's got 20 years behind it, Coach. Man, yeah. Well, at least Andy's a little more senior than me. I think I think he might be the only one anymore. And he I, is. I remember when I first He's got hired and I was thinking – Brian and there were other coaches like Seth around and it's like oh I'm the junior and now I'm one of the elderly ones <laughs> oh, man. well quite decorated eight-time Big West coach of the year your team went on a crazy crazy run won 14 Big West titles in 15 seasons 12 NCAA tournament berths 16 consecutive nationally ranked seasons and the first top 20 ranking in program history you did it in a variety of ways number one with recruiting like no one else has ever recruited at Long Beach State, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But talk about this team right now. You guys are coming off a big win. You guys beat first place UC Davis mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, no, it was, it was, you know, this team, it, we, we've been saying from the beginning, we're a work in progress. We have a very young team. Uh, nobody on this team has been here more than two years. We have three two-year starters and four one-year starters on the team right now. So very young and... We're learning how to play Division I college tennis for the freshmen. We're learning 
how to play and to win with our C and our D games. We're learning the team dynamics of when we get that doubles point or if we don't get that doubles point, getting the first set in singles makes a big difference. Like when we were at Northridge, for example, on Friday, it was a windy, gusty day. It was kind of crazy at Northridge. We got the doubles point relatively easy, but our one, two, and three singles went down in the first sets. Our three froshies at four, five, six took those first sets, which was huge because at that point we need three of those six singles right. matches. And had Northridge got one of those three at the bottom half, all of a sudden they've got energy, they're excited, they see potentially four, four points on the board. So for the Froshies to get those three first sets, then gave some energy at one and two, they came back in the third set. So we're learning the team dynamics of what is in an individual sport. We're learning how to win even though we don't have our A game or our B game. And uh, we are a much better team now than we were in January. So the progress that we've made, I'm really proud of. I got my degree with my C game, Mike, so I, I know how that goes. <laughs> C's get degrees. It, it, worked, it worked for us. It could work for you. Um, Jenny, that, that match with UC Davis had to be rescheduled due to the weather. I actually wanted to ask you about that. Do you feel like because your team's so young, that it sort of benefited you guys that you had another little while of development for your players before taking them on? You know, it's interesting because even though that match was scheduled a month ago, we felt pretty confident going into that match four weeks ago. Now, having said that, yeah, we were even better. And I right. think we even took Davis by surprise. We took the coach by surprise. We let doubles slip away. We had some opportunities. And after the doubles, they were pretty excited. I think they thought they had already won the match. And uh, we decided that there's no way we're going to allow Davis to celebrate a shared Big West title for regular season at our courts. <laughs> nice. And that was pretty much the speech. And the girls said, no way. They walked out on the court. We got five first sets and singles and pretty much dominated from there. That's awesome. That is, that is awesome. And, and you just mentioned it. That confidence, now that you've got it, it's perfect timing. Right. Because you're going to Indian Wells yep. the 26th through the 29th of this month for the Big West Championships. We mentioned earlier you've had success there. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're feeling good, but talk to us about competing at Indian Wells. I, I said to Mike earlier, that's like playing a baseball game at Fenway Park. It's like a special place in the tennis world, let alone the local tennis world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Indian Wells is, is really probably the fifth best facility in the world. And that's why I argue every year with coaches who want to take our Big West tournament to campuses, I, I think it's ridiculous. We are in the fifth best facility in the world. It's a championship experience. The girls are excited. It's something I recruit to. I mean, right. when you can tell your right. kids, we play our conference tournament at Indian Wells, I mean, their eyes light up. So it definitely has a championship feeling out there, and anything really can happen in the desert. And that's 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 what's interesting when you go out there. And we've gone out there in the past as the one seed. We've gone out there before as the second, third, and fourth seed. And that's what I've told the girls. I said, we've been a work in progress. We've, take, we've taken our lumps this year, but we've gotten better. And regardless of whether we go in as potentially the third seed or the fifth seed, which is where it looks to line up for us right now, depending on our match with Fullerton, I told the girls, we can go out there and win it. We don't have to be the one or the two seed to come away as champions. So um, it's... It looks to be a great weekend. I don't think we're going to have hugely hot weather, but, but we'll see. And I, there are five teams, in, in my opinion, who, if they get hot for the weekend, could take the title. Well, you just mentioned it. You use it as recruiting. And like I said, you have some of the most interesting recruiting stories I've ever heard. Traveling, <laughs> traveling the world like Carmen Sandiego, making sure that you can bring back the best players here to the beach. Talk about the decision to recruit internationally, and then just talk about well, what does that take? I mean, is it extra work than recruiting a kid, let's say, from California? 
well, it's just different. I wouldn't say that it's more work. It's it's just different. And with the internet the way it is now, Skype, YouTube, it's it's really easy to ask them for match videos, you know. And now we're we're getting multiple match videos from them, so we can see them play a number of times. Rankings and tournaments are online. You can check the results. You can do comparisons. So it really. Yeah, it's just different than if you're recruiting locally. And really, our, our game plan has always been California and international. It's just kind of the way it works out, the way the university works with us on certain things. And uh, we've just managed to find really talented international kids who want to be here at the beach. And that really is my recruiting goal. We, we open it up to the best available, and I want the kids who want to be here who are still motivated about their tennis and want to be a part of a team atmosphere. They're not individuals. They're coming here playing an individual sport, but coming here to play as a team. So it's just it just turned out that the internationals have been the better fit. So uh, obviously a lot of great players over your, uh, un we won't mention how many years you've been coaching at Long Beach State <laughs> anymore. But, but some, if you some did, some wouldn't that make it more <laughs> But some inc incredible players. If you're going right now throughout your tenure at Long Beach State, you've got to pick one player to go win you a match on Saturday. Who would you pick? Out of my tenure? Yeah. yeah. One player? Yeah. Oh, that's one player. tough. Because one player doesn't win you a match, fellas. <laughs> oh, there you go. One player so doesn't win, us, you know? Mike. I mean, That's one... what 20 years on the job gets you. <laughs> I mean, there's been so many great players and so many team players, and you can have an incredible player who fits that number one position, but if they don't have the supporting cast behind them, we're never going to win a match. You've got to have depth in your lineup because we're going mano a mano, one versus one, two, three, four, right. five, six. You can have a fantastic one. We could have the number one player in the country, but if we don't have two through six to back her up, we could have the greatest player here and never win a title. Okay, next time you're on, we're going to just dedicate the whole segment to like a fantasy football draft of yeah. your best, <laughs> best team. So we'll, an all-star we'll team. We'll put the whole all-star team together. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Hannah obviously comes to mind. Oh, well, four-time Big West Player of the Year. I mean, yeah. there's something about a player like that that, that you can see their will take over a competition. You know what I mean? Like the way she would talk to herself and the way the ball would come off her racket after talking to herself very loudly. <laughs> it was almost as if she was like willing something to happen and it would happen. And you just point at it and you go, yeah, that's a little different. Yeah. Most kids can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I know Hannah for sure. I mean, I think she still, I think she still is the only athlete in, in any sport in Big West history, at least at this point, to be a four-time player of the year. So yeah. she would, she would absolutely be at the top of the list. But but again, you need you need six. You need at least six. Okay, talking about that, I think this is one of the things that Mike and I talk about all the time when it comes to uh, match sports, like beach volleyball or women's tennis, where you've got, like you said, six spots. You need to be solid at all six. Mm -hmm. How do you find your order? Is it something that's fluid throughout the year? Are you having your girls compete in practice to move in the order? Or is this just like a ranking thing that you control all the time and you just go match to match with them? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and it's actually a recruiting question that we get all the time. <laughs> I'm not really big into challenge matches. This is not a situation where we throw out balls and we say, you two, you go play for the number two and three position. Really what we do is we evaluate their play during the fall semester while they're playing tournaments, kind of how they handle pressure situations, of course, how far they advance in the tournaments, things like that. You also have certain games that play better higher in the lineup, certain games that you know need to stay lower in the lineup, but it, it, it really is more of their practice, their tournaments in the fall, and if you look at our matches this year and this season, doubles and singles, our doubles was fluid. I mean, I was moving doubles around all right. over trying to find the 
you know, the, the fit for the double teams. And we have now just settled in probably for the last two weeks, three weeks maybe, with, with teams that have clicked. And they're working and now they're building. But it took us, <laughs> took us two months to get there. And with the singles lineup, same thing. You know, you start with the lineup. If somebody's struggling, for example, Lolita was having a little bit of trouble at the three position, freshman settling in. So we moved her down the lineup. She was down at five, got some confidence. She's now feeling it. She's understanding how to work points a game, how to use her weapons to her advantage without giving too many unforced errors. And now she's back up to four. And next year, you're going to see her even higher in the lineup. So things move around because our goal is not to put people in a position or players in a position where they're not going to be successful. We've got to, you know, we got to build their confidence, we've got to build their game, and sometimes that means up and down in the lineup a little bit until everybody gets comfortable. Now, what's stopping a coach, let's say, if you're taking on a team that has, like, an elite number one, what's stopping a coach from, let's say, putting their six in their number one spot for that match and kind of just punting on it and playing the other five? Is that oh. an ethics thing? Or it, well, it's actually in our college rules, the ITA tennis rules, you're supposed to play your lineup in order of strength. Oh, really? So it is It is. It is a rule, but I will tell you there's a lot of coaches <laughs> that play loose and fast with that rule. How do you enforce and they, it? Well, you have to you have to document, and there's been there's been matches in the past where I've challenged lineups, but you, you got to go back, you got to look at the records. There has to be a justification for making the move. You can't just switch two players in the lineup because you look at, for example, with Fullerton. I can't just look at Fullerton's lineup and say, okay, these, this girl matches up better against this girl. I have to have a justification. For example. She's been losing. She lost her, lost her last four matches. I'm moving her down to four because right. we need to build some confidence. The other one has won their last oh, couple matches, you know, and they're ready for that challenge moving up. I can't just switch it because I like the matchup better between, mm -hmm. between two players. So you put it under protest. You, ha you do. You have to do a written protest. And if it's a conference match, it goes to the conference office. If it is an ITA if it's not a conference match, it goes to the ITA that office. That is fascinating. I'm really yep. bummed there's not like an umpire out there where you could like turn your hat around and kick dirt on him. <laughs> like, that would make tennis a lot of fun. You want an umpire to get yelled at in every sport. Doesn't everyone? <laughs> well, they do get yelled at occasionally in tennis. Yeah, so we, we have seen, we've, we've seen that happen from time to time. But the unfortunate part is I'd like to yell a little more often, but the problem is I don't get ejected. They'll turn to my player and go, point, game, set, match. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm learning so much about women's tennis right now. That's yeah. crazy. So I can't get too out of control or else I'm going to cost my players. Have you ever had a player stop and go, coach, please, I got this? No, no, no. no. Okay. Usually we tell the girls if there's a situation with line calls or there's something, antics going on the other yeah. side, we want them to focus on tennis and we'll, we'll take control of the situation. Just kind of focus on what you're doing with your play. I've had to walk away because an official has said, you're getting close, and it's like, Ooh, okay, yeah, I better, yeah, I better, right. I better, I better, I better vacate. Yes. <laughs> I, we don't get that as sports writers. It, it never happens that someone goes, "You missed that statistic," and I might throw you out of the event. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's more, it's more self-calling. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're protected. Um, I, I had to ask you this because Mike and I were talking about it earlier when we were building these questions. Who's the best female tennis player of all time? For your money. Of all time, I'd yeah. probably go with Steffi Graf. Oh, see. There's so many answers, Mike. Mike said Serena, which Serena Williams, which I think is, is good. Mm -hmm. I said uh, Navratilova. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're all right. I think right? everybody, and I think there's also personal favorites that go into Fair that. Enough. You know, I mean, obviously Serena is going to go down as one of the greatest all times. I mean, obviously, and I think Martina as well. I, I don't know. There's just something 
Steffi, the way she played, how she won her slams in such a short period of time, um, I think, yeah, for me, she goes down as the all-time. We've actually been talking about women's tennis a lot lately, Mike, because we did yeah. a Long Beach Mount Rushmore for sports. Oh. So the four most influential sports figures to come out of Long Beach. Right. With, with Billie Jean King number as kind one. of the unanimous like, number one pick. Not even yeah. a question. Sure. So oh, we've absolutely. We've been talking a lot about her. Um, yeah. That leads me to our other question, which is there's a lot of tennis movies coming out. You know, what, <laughs> what, like, what, yeah. Did we go our whole lives without having tennis movies and then... Paul Bettany does Wimbledon, and all of a sudden people think they can just make tennis movies. I, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Battle of the Sexes, I loved. Billy I Jean didn't King's story. see that. You I didn't see it. see it. It's good. It's okay. good. But there's another one coming out. Jimmy Connors and uh, and Bjorn Borg. Oh. Shia LaBeouf is going to okay. play Jimmy Connors, which I think is interesting because he's kind of a brat. That could be interesting. So it works. Yeah. If there was a tennis movie starring you, who is going to play you in the tennis <laughs> movie? <laughs> who would play me? Yeah. Well, of course, it would be somebody who doesn't look anything like me, who's <laughs> far prettier than me. I'd go with somebody like Charlize Theron. Oh, really? <laughs> J JJ said he would cast Charlize Theron in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the biopic. Wow, I'm really, I'm really annoyed that you called that. We should do <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm really annoyed that you, you picked that correctly. All right. You, last question. We do this for at least two weeks straight. What do you really think about Andy Fee? He's not here, so you can say whatever yeah, you, you say want. anything you want oh, to about him. Hey, hey, I love him. I absolutely love him. He's uh, such a great guy. No, and I'm not. We're gonna not, get somebody. We're gonna um, get somebody, Mike. I mean, One of these days, we need a disgruntled Lumpkin <laughs> State employee. I was gonna say, I think you'd have to be a pretty, pretty big curmudgeon to not like Andy. That would be. I, I, I'd be. I think you guys are gonna be searching for a while to find somebody who doesn't like him. I think also curmudgeon is the best word used on this podcast yeah, so far. Yeah, for sure. So you're just all right. winning all kinds of things today, okay. Coach. <laughs> well, Long Beach State women's tennis taking on Cal State Fullerton on Friday, 2 p.m. at Rhodes Tennis Center. Yeah. That's a big one for you guys. Like we said, you want that momentum going into the Big West Championships. Yeah, this is this is a big one because uh, it, it really has a big, big impact on seeding and the tournament because if we can beat them, our road potentially to get to the finals becomes much easier. If we, if we drop that match, then we're potentially looking at Hawaii the first round, and if we can get through that, Santa Barbara in the second round, who I think are the top two teams right now right um i think we obviously we had match points to beat hawaii we had simultaneous match points to take that match for three we oh. let it slip away so i'd love to see a rematch with with hawaii i just don't want to see it in the first round i'd like right. to i'd like to see another alternative maybe get them in the semis and then yeah. and then shoot for santa barbara in the finals well jenny thanks so much for joining us good luck against fullerton on friday at 2 p.m at rhodes tennis center on campus and then of course next weekend at indian wells we'll be following along and uh, rooting for you guys the whole way thank you Appreciate it will it. not it must not rain at Indian Wells, Mike. I don't think it's not. I think they're just hoping it's not going to be 100 degrees this year, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we mentioned the box office number earlier. Uh, we want to mention it one more time because of what's going on in the Walter Pyramid this weekend with the first annual Big West Men's Volleyball Championships. 562-985-4949. Hit them up. Get the best seats in the building. So we mentioned you got to show up to win. I was going to have the official quiz off on Seinfeld knowledge right. between you and Andy this week. We've had it scheduled for two straight weeks. So congratulations, J.J. Fiddler, yes. Seinfeld trivia knowledge champion of the LBF podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's like that lace that hits the bathroom floor. It's, it's <laughs> over. It's over. Thanks, for, thanks to everyone for joining us. Thanks to Jenny for being on the show. Thanks, as always, to Andy for having us co-host it. Thanks to our producer, Roger. Hat tip. <laughs> <laughs> 
We will see you next week, 6 p.m. at Legends on Monday.